Hey everyone and happy Boxing Day to you. I hope you had a brilliant day yesterday celebrating with the people who are nearest and dearest to you. Um, I've got a great message for you. I've got a great message that I have called Heaven Points to Unity. Heaven Points to Unity. And it's a thought coming out of the Christmas story, a slightly different thought to ones you may have heard before, but run with me for this because I felt like the Holy Spirit has really impressed this on me. I'm going to say some things that I've said in the past, but I really want you to grab hold of this because I believe this is God's word for us in this moment. Heaven points to unity. Let's think of the situation. A star appears in the sky. It's a new star. And there's some wise men from lands afar that spot it and they know that this is pointing to a new king. And they are so moved in their heart that they get up from their own lands and they travel a great distance to come and honour the king. Something in the heavenlies stirs the heart of men to travel great distance to honour the king. Just after that we find the shepherds. And the shepherds are out in the fields getting about their daily work, in amongst the mud and the the sweat of it all, looking after the sheep. And they have an angelic visitation. And the angels say, hark. And hark ultimately means listen, listen to me. And the, the shepherds are fearful and freaked out a little bit. Wouldn't we all be in that moment? But they stop. And once they've gathered themselves, they listen. And the angels point them to a stable. And they say, a new king is to be born. And something from the heavenlies stirs the heart of those shepherds, stirs the heart of men to go and honour the king. And I want to suggest to you that heaven in this moment is pointing to unity. You see, signs from heaven have stirred the hearts of men to go to one place together in unity. And in a world where there is so much that divides us, isn't unity something worth fighting for? When we think of social circumstances and the social divide, the wealth divide, so many different criteria around us, racism, politics, all kinds of things in around us that are causing division. So isn't unity worth fighting for? And here at the birth of Jesus, heaven has pointed to a moment of unity. Picture the scene. They're in a cow shed. They're in a cow shed and the king of heaven comes to earth. What an unusual situation. And yet here we find these kings from a foreign nation standing alongside these shepherds who have literally just walked off the field, probably covered in mud. One of them is bringing gold as a gift. Another is bringing a lamb as a gift. I can give you a hundred reasons why this picture shouldn't work. Kings from a foreign nation, shepherds off the field, one bringing gold, one bringing frankincense, one bringing myrrh, another just bringing a lamb. There's all kinds of things why they shouldn't work. But when Jesus is in the middle, there's this picture of unity. It just works. And I want to say it's beautiful. I want to suggest to you that when Jesus is central, even when circumstances seem to be impossible, unity is possible with Jesus in the middle of it. And I want to suggest that as heaven in this moment at the birth of Jesus is pointing to unity, that as we end this year 2021 and head into 2022, we should be making unity a priority. And I want to unpack a little bit why. It's worth fighting for, and I want to suggest to you that those who carry Jesus in their heart had the greatest potential to bring unity. Let's look at this verse. It's one of my favorites, and we've talked about it before, but it's Psalm 133. It's only three 
three verses. The whole psalm is three verses, but they're powerful verses. Listen to this, Psalm 133, verses one through three. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling onto Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. I love that. Can you see the impact of unity? Where my people dwell together in unity, it's like oil that runs down. There is flow. The oil speaks of blessing and anointing and empowerment. It flows down the garment. Everyone is blessed. And then it ends up where it says, and the Lord bestows his blessing, even life evermore. Some translation says the Lord commands a blessing. You see, unity grabs the attention of the Father so much that he says, where there's unity, I can just bless it. So therefore, I want to suggest to you that unity is worth fighting for. Unity is so, so important. What could 2022 look like if me and you started fighting for unity? If we could put our differences aside, stop worrying about who's right and wrong and start coming together in unity because that's where the Lord bestows his blessing. That's where the Lord commands life. And that is what we see at the picture of the birth of Jesus Christ. People coming from afar who have nothing in common. People bringing all kinds of gifts because of their backgrounds and circumstances. Some off the field and some living a king's life. But around Jesus, there's this unity right at the picture of his birth, what we're celebrating in this period. You know, in Hebrew, when you unpack that verse, uh, behold how good and pleasant it is when my brothers dwell together in unity. It, in Hebrew, it says this, he name atov umanayim shevet ahim gam yahad. And at the end there, there's these two words, gam yahad. And it really means together in unity. Or in Equippers churches, we call it together, together. It's not just together where we're sitting together. It's together, together where we lock and we say we're not moving. The Hebrew language is very pictorial. And when you look at it, it's like someone has sat next to you and they've sat down saying, I'm going nowhere. I'm in this with you for the long haul. I don't care what happens, but I'm not moving. I'm staying together with you. See, I'm not just together, but I'm together, together. I am Gam Yahad. And it's in that place that God says, I can bless that kind of commitment. I can bless that kind of togetherness. I love it. It speaks of life to me, and it is worth fighting for. Come on, church. Could we be people who live out those, those Hebrew words, Gam Yahad, we're in this together, even if it means us laying aside our preferences to fight for unity because that's where the blessing comes you see in reality when we look across all the different areas of our lives and you might think about your marriage and relationships you might talk about your friendships or your parenthood you might talk about your workplace or your social scene you might talk about church you know, there's, there's fights for unity in all those places. Yes, even in church it happens. We have to be able to lay down our agendas and submit to the whole so that we can fight for unity. You know, in Mark chapter 3, Jesus says, A house divided against itself cannot stand. And so we know we have an enemy, an enemy of our very souls. And if he can bring disunity and divide us, we can't stand. Which is why we need to, because of this picture in Jesus' birth, fight for unity. If Jesus could bring those group of people together, he could bring me and you together. And so let's look at life. You know, you know me, I, I love my football. 
And some years ago, you may well be familiar that Leicester City won the Premier League. And it was the weirdest thing, because Leicester, although they're very talented, were not the most talented team in the league. There were far bigger and better teams than them with greater talent in their ranks, but they won. And when you stand back and think, why? I want to suggest to you it's because they had the greatest unity. The owner of the club, the club owner, not a player, the owner of the club, they all loved him. The manager loved him. The players loved him. The town loved him. He was just, had a feel-good factor about him. He really sewed into the town, the community, the football club. They thought he was great. The players believed in the manager. He was Claudio Ranieri, a funny little, little guy who had some weird sayings and he made people laugh, but they believed in him. You know, the player backed the managers, but the, the manager backed the players, and the players backed each other, and the chairman backed the players, and the players backed the chairman. The crowd loved it, and the fans got behind it. Even the whole town got involved. I want to suggest to you the reason that Leicester City won wasn't because they were the best team, but because they had the most unity across it all, and a blessing was commanded. Amazing. It just shows you that unity can outwin greater talent. And there's a picture of it right there. One of my favourite films is the film Gladiator. Very old now, by the way. I, I didn't realise how long ago it was brought out. And I'm not suggesting you particularly watch it because it's quite graphic and gory, but there's some brilliant moments in it. And there's this moment where Gladiator Maximus gets thrown out into the arena with seven or eight other slaves who have been put out there as gladiators. But in reality, they're being sent out to be slaughtered in front of thousands of people. But they've been given, they've been given some, some, some weaponry, some swords and some spears, and they've got their shields, and they're out there, and out, open the gates, and these chariots come in with these well-armed uh, warriors and Roman soldiers, and they're clearly coming in just to make a spectacle of these gladiators. But Maximus pulls them together, and they form this outward-facing circle. And he says, we're going to stick together. And they put their shields up and they form this circle around themselves of a shield. And as the chariots come in, some of them are, are getting frightened now, wanting to break, firm, break free from it all and thinking, I'm going to die. But Maximus just says, hold, hold. And they're thinking, I can't hold anymore. He says, hold. And because they all hold in unity... As the chariots come, they tip their shields, and as the wheels hit the shields, the chariots fall over. And then they break, and they defeat the army. The gladiators, or in reality the slaves, they win. And do you know why they win? Because they had unity. They had less about them, but they had unity, and it won the day. Unity is worth fighting for. So where do we find disunity? Well, how about you parents out there, if you're raising children, maybe you can relate to this scenario. You know, your son, your daughter, your children go to mum and say, mum, you know, can we have a chocolate bar or can we have a fizzy drink or could we go over the park? And mum says, no, 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 it's getting close to dinner time now. You haven't got time for those things. I don't want you filling your tummy up. You know, you haven't got time to go over the park. I, I need you to stay here. Dinner's in 15 minutes. But because they didn't get what they want, who knows what they do? They sneak off to dad. And they say, Dad, can I have a fizzy drink? Can I have a chocolate bar? Could we go to the park? And Dad thinks nothing of it and says, oh, yeah, of course, of course. And what happens? They go and have their chocolate bar. They start to leave the house. And Mum loses the plot. Where are you going? And they say, Dad said we could. 
And straight away there's this disunity between mum and dad and it makes the house a difficult place to live in. Then they're at each other. I've just told them they can't eat and you've said they can. I told them they've got to wait for dinner and you said they can go out. What are you doing? And dad's like, well, I didn't know. There's disunity. It causes division and it's not a comfortable place. Anyone who comes around our house and our children will back me up on this. Sarah and I have a rule. If we're not sure, if we're uncertain... We always say this, I'm going to check it out with dad. I'm going to check it out with mum. Our children don't do that to us anymore, but in years gone by, they would push the door and ask the questions and try and be sneaky about it. But we always now say, I'm just going to check that out with mum, just to make sure, and then we rumble them. But in the rumbling them, Sarah and I, as husband and wife, keep our unity, and it makes our house a stronger and better place. And it actually helps our children. It creates an environment with, with boundaries that are helpful for life. It's unity and it's worth fighting for. What about this scenario? There's six of you, six friends going out for a meal and you say, we're going to book a table half past seven at the local Italian restaurant. We're all going to go out. Yes, five of you turn up at 25 past seven, really looking forward to having your meal. You go and you get sat at the table and you, you, have, you start out ordering a drink and having a chat amongst yourselves and you're looking at your watch and it's now 10 to 8. And you order another drink and you're waiting because there's still someone to come. Quarter past eight rolls around, 45 minutes late, and said friend arrives. Where have you been? Oh, sorry, I just got sidetracked. No real excuse. Of course, if something crops up, you have to be gracious. But no real excuse other than laziness and couldn't be bothered. And what happens is that one person ruins the whole night for everyone else because they broke unity. We agreed we'd be here and you didn't show up and you can't even be bothered. It affects the whole night. I know they're only small things, but can you see what disunity does? It breaks the flow of blessing. It breaks the flow of life. And I want to suggest that unity is worth fighting for. Ultimately, if you study the spiritual concept of witchcraft, biblically speaking, I'm not talking about witches with pointy hats and those kind of things, but a spiritual spiritual dynamic of witchcraft, the goal of that spirit is to divide and conquer. Because when, they can se- when that can separate people, it's easy to isolate someone and put a block on the blessing. That is the goal. It's exactly what King Herod did when Jesus was born. Because the wise men saw the star and they knew it meant a king was going to be born. So what did they do? They went to the king and said, there's going to be a king born, do you know? And of course King Herod didn't like that. He suddenly felt jealous and threatened. A new king? I'm the king. Who's this new king? And so what did he say to them? He said, when you find the king, you come and tell me. Because then I can honor that that king myself. So the wise men went off and they stood in this picture of unity with the shepherds in the cow shed with Jesus. Amazing. But the wise men were wise. And they realized that what Herod was trying to do was divide the, the picture. If I can get the wise men out of the way, if I can cause disunity, I can get in and spoil the thing and block the blessing. You see, it was witchcraft. It was this idea of dividing to conquer. But what happened? When Jesus is honored, when unity is honored, God is able to protect. And so word got to the family and they took Jesus to Egypt and he was safe. So when Herod unleashed his wrath, Jesus was safe. Why? Because unity was fought for. When there was an opportunity to break unity, they closed ranks and said no. And God is able to protect. And I want to suggest to you that's exactly true for you today. 
When you keep Jesus central, when you honor God, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, and when you fight for unity, God will protect you. There will be all kinds of situations, people, words, things cropping up that will cause disunity or cause an opportunity to break out. But I want to say, come on, let's fight for unity because that's where God bestows his blessing. Many of you will be familiar with the name Jezebel. Old Testament character, a lady, a queen in the Old Testament. And in many ways, you could say she is an Old Testament picture of witchcraft. Awful woman, did awful things. Everyone was scared of her. But God raised up Elijah, the prophet, to go and challenge Jezebel. And he did that. And he went out and God blessed Elijah in all he did. And he brought the challenge and he overcome. And he called her fire down from heaven. It was amazing. But then this happens, and I want to read it to you. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. 1 Kings 19, verses 1 through 4. Now Ahab, that's Jezebel's husband, the king. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom, a broom brush, a bush, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than any of my ancestors. Can you see what happens? Elijah is zealous for God. Elijah goes for it and does amazing, amazing things. But when this spirit of witchcraft comes at him, it isolates him. He ends up on his own by a, by a broom bush and saying, God, just let me die. I can't do it anymore. You see, that's what happens. Divide to conquer. Get him on his own and I'll take him out. I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. There's no unity, even though he was doing amazing things. But here is the grace of God. Here comes the grace of God just further down the chapter in 1 Kings 19 verses 14 and then verse 18. He replied, this is, this is Elijah speaking to God, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And God says, yet I reserve 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed down to Baal, and whose mouths have not kissed him. I love it. You see, here's Elijah thinking, I'm all isolated. It's just me. They're all coming for me. And God says, no, 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 no. I've seen this coming. There is 7,000 more who are just like you, communing with me, praying and calling heaven down to earth, standing for what is right. And now I'm going to join you together in unity and you're going to win. And if you follow the story onwards, it's amazing. They take out Jezebel and God is glorified and Elijah is raised up. Amazing, amazing things happen. Why? Because there was unity. Because they were together. And I want to suggest to you that now is the time, more than ever, especially as we enter 2022, now is the time to fight and be proactive for unity because there's blessing at stake. In this picture of Jesus that we see, there is unity. Go back to the garden. Here is Adam and Eve in the garden walking literally face to face with Almighty God. That was what God always wanted. That is the first picture of relationship we see. Man walking in unity 
with God in person. That was always the dream. That was what it was about. Mankind having a relationship with each other, exploring, loving life, finding stuff out, nothing to hide, no tears, no sickness, no death. Walking hand in hand and face to face with Almighty God. There's a picture of unity. Then we come to the stable. When God sends his son Jesus, he brings straight away this picture of unity. These men from afar and different backgrounds and cultures and, and wealth and gifts and ideas. And they come together with this picture of unity. And then you find in Acts, later on in the New Testament, Jesus dies. He rises again and defeats everything that could come at me and you. And he says, it's better I go to the Father because I'm going to send the Spirit. And there in Acts, he sends the Spirit, and there's this amazing moment of unity. Let me read it to you. Here in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says this. When the day of Pentecost come, they were all together in one place. Can you see it? Here we are. As God's saying, I'm going to release the church on the world. It started in a place of unity. We were together in one place. Some, place, some versions say of one accord. We were of one heart. We were in this together. It's a picture of unity. So unity in the garden, unity in the stable, unity with the Holy Spirit. Can you see this theme? And yet on every occasion, unity is challenged. In the garden, we have the serpent coming, don't we? And what does he do? He separates Eve, divide to conquer. He separates Eve and he says, did God really say don't eat from that tree? He just plants a seed, just plants a seed. Did he really say that? And she starts to reason it out and thinks, oh, maybe I didn't. Why does she think like that? Because she's been separated. Had she been close with her husband and in communion with God, they could have had that conversation and said, no, no, that's not how we live. But she got separated. And that division broke unity, which put a blocking on the blessing. They were removed from the garden. Can you see it? And then we have Jesus born. This picture of unity. And then we have Herod, motivated by jealousy and rage, trying to cause division. But then we have the Holy Spirit come. And what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in this picture of unity. It empowers the church. And Peter stands up and declares, Jesus is the Messiah. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Come to him. Turn from your ways and live for Jesus. And people's lives are transformed. And then the church breaks out. And what happens? People have different ideas. I think we should do it this way. I prefer this kind of theology. I like this style. And we cause arguments which ultimately do what? Bring division. And God is saying, come on. Come on, church. Come on, people. Fight for unity. Put aside the differences. In the end, their opinions. Unity is at stake. Because where there's unity... I command my blessing. Where there is unity, life springs forth. So can you see this picture all through the word of unity? And I highlight it to you today because there it is in the stable. And here we are coming on the back of 2021, about to enter 2022. And I want to suggest to you that now is as good a time as any to say I'm laying aside my own agenda. I'm laying aside my preferences. I'm just going to fight for unity. Because as we come together with the heart of Jesus, God's going to bless it. God's going to bless it. God's going to bless you. Fight for unity in your marriage. 
Fight for unity in your home and your parenting. Fight for unity in your business. Fight for unity in the church. Wherever you position yourself, fight for unity. Because God loves it and God blesses it. Don't get separated. Don't go off on a tangent doing your own thing. Be with the whole. Because that's where God is able to do amazing things. If you see or sense division, if you see or sense disunity, overcome it, squash it, address it, but don't let it fester. It's worth the fight. Because time and time again, we see that God blesses unity and it costs us something. I'm not right about everything. You're not right about everything. But when we come together and just make an agreement that we're pressing for Jesus, God will bless it. God will bless it. You know, where the spirit of the Lord is flows unity. So I want to say to you today, Boxing Day, this Christmas period, last week of the year, is today the day that could be a new start for you? Is today the day where you could say, I'm choosing to run closer to God? I am choosing to get closer to Jesus. I am choosing to sense the prompts of the Holy Spirit and respond to them. Because as we stay close to Jesus, unity is easier. Do you remember when Jesus was asked about what's the greatest commandment? And he ultimately says, love God and love people. And do you know what? It's much easier to love people when you love God. Because he drops his heart into us. And he has a great heart for people, full of grace and compassion. And it enables us to love people with that grace and compassion. So wouldn't it be the same that if we're at one with the Father, it'd be much easier to be at one with people because he gives us grace and compassion for it. He gives us his ability to fight for unity. So today, I want to challenge you here on Boxing Day, in the midst of celebrating Jesus, can I say to you, it's time to chase Jesus harder. It's time to say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. And it's time to make a choice in every area of your life to say, unity is more important than being right. Unity is where the blessing flows. Unity is where life flows. Unity is where oil runs down and everyone gets a blessing. It speaks of anointing. Unity is just worth it. There doesn't need to be any division when Jesus is in the middle. You know, a star lit the sky and heaven pointed to unity. The angels came from heaven and pointed to unity. Jesus comes to earth and he points to unity. Do you know what he says? I only do what I see the Father doing. I'm at one with him. When the Holy Spirit comes, he says, I'm pointing you back to Jesus. I'm, I'm at one with him. You see, the Trinity are at one with each other and it's a model for me and you in our households, in our churches, in our relationships, in our business place. Unity wins the day. In your life, push for unity. It's where God commands a blessing. You know, so often at this kind of point I, I, I have done and will continue to do and other pastors will do the same, declare a blessing over your life. But you know what? 2022 will be blessed for you. But not because I declare a blessing. Because you make a decision to implement the principles of heaven in your life and God has to bless them. Because he instigated those principles. So as you fight for unity, you will be blessed. So 2022 could be the best year you've ever had. But you know what? It will pan out from the decisions you make in your heart, the actions and the words that come out of your mouth, based on your closeness to God and your commitment to unity. That's where the blessing lies. Amen. I hope that's helpful to your church. I'd love to pray with you. 
Father, Lord, I just want to thank you for every brilliant person tuning into this message. I want to thank you that you love us. I want to thank you that in this season we celebrate that you sent your son, Jesus, and you sent him with mission, mission in his heart, mission to love people, mission to reconnect people with you. You sent him to die on our behalf so we could live. And we want to choose to live with purpose in our hearts, with unity in our hearts, and with heaven on our lips. So be blessed. Be blessed in your households. And Father God, I just pray that you'd stir people to chase you harder. You'd stir people to honor you better. You'd stir people to draw nearer to you. Because in you, that's where we find fullness of life. And I thank you that your heart for us is good. So church and everyone listening, I declare goodness and blessing over you and your household and the people that are important to you as you go through this Christmas period and into 2022. But I challenge you, fight for unity. And all God's people said, amen. God bless you guys. I hope that was helpful to you. It's been my privilege to, to lead through this year. You're an amazing bunch of people. And all you guys connecting with us via the online platforms, be blessed. I'd love to see you in person. But if you can't get to us, stay connected online. Isn't it great the way God's just unpacking church life in a new way so we can reach more and more people? Celebrate hard. and Look forward to seeing you in 2022. God bless you.